Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Good to have you with us, everybody. Welcome to Monday, May 8th, 2017. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as a listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Join us and listen and learn. I'm looking forward to it. By the way, you can download it on, the, on your iPhone, uh, your Android devices, any of your mobile device. You can listen to it on your computer. So a lot of people listen to this live while sitting at their desk. And, uh, but we've got people dialing in. I'm looking at some of the area codes where people are dialing in from all over. You know, whenever you, time you dial in early and I have the time, I like turning on the microphone to talk. So we've got Chris from Old Second in Aurora, Illinois, joining us. Uh, and area code 630. It's fun to have uh, to recognize our listeners from around the around the I guess around the world, mostly here in the U.S. But it's really good to have you tuned in and being here with us on the hot topic today. We've got Jason Maviato and I'm going to say that right and Edie Maviato, his mom, on the phone. I'm excited about this interview. It's it's a mom and son team, and we're doing this in ahead of Mother's Day. And with Mother's Day coming up this Sunday, uh, we're excited to have those two on. Now, if you don't know Jason, Jason is the present CEO of Altier Home Loans in Las Vegas. Uh, He does a spectacular job. I think it's the largest company serving the Hispanic population. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about mom and how special she was at guiding this talented young man through some times where, well, you know what moms do. They got us through those other times where we're we're challenged at times with judgment. Anyway, we're really excited to have uh, Jason and Edie uh, Maziato on, and it'll be a great interview. So that's on the Hot Topic Statement. Stay all the way through to the Hot Topic segment. You'll enjoy it. Okay, let's talk about our sponsors. Love these sponsors. ArchMI, the creator of the new innovative RateStar program. Also, Motivity Solutions, bringing you real-time reporting and dashboard scorecards. Very powerful tool. I know Altier uses them. Altier Home Loans uses them, so you should too. Anyway, also Velma, an efficient mortgage marketing and email platform to get your word out in an effective way. Simplify, a real-time electronic communication exchange that you have got to just go go learn about. Go fact listen to the interview with Nancy Alley last week that we had on. It was a very good interview. Some interesting stuff going on in electronics, I mean in computers and what you need to do to be able to be successful. Technology is just such a core part of what we do and Simplify has got some great products. Also the mortgage collaborative, the power of the network, both Jason and I are part of that as well as DNH moving your world forward through technology. And we're talking about some of the things going on there at DNH. They're working aggressively at bringing the two companies together. As you may recall, Vista bought them and bought them and MySys. MySys is a counterpart to them in Europe. And DNH has got strong market share here in this country, in the U.S. And uh, although they do have uh, clients in over 70 countries, so it's a real big, powerful uh, technology company two companies coming together and we're excited about their future. So, um, and they're doing extremely well. They blew out their sales goals last week, they, uh, last month, last year, uh, last week, last month, last year, all of the above. And uh, they're doing extremely well. So I encourage you to check it out at dh.com or call them at 1-800-815-5592. If you're looking for a good company with a good solid foundation and a very solid financial base, check them out, dnh.com. All right, let's go on and talk about some of the upcoming conferences. Well, I want to say thank you to Alice, to Joe, and Sam for joining us today on this special Mother's Day podcast, as well as I want to say um, that talk about the conferences, the ABA conferences. Last week, as you know, as you regular listeners know, I was at the uh, National MBA Secondary in New York. It was probably one of the better secondary conferences I attended. They can say, well, what makes for a great secondary conference? Well, part of it's the connections that you make at these events. Um, 
but also the sessions and get an insight into what's going on. Very interesting what's happening in the marketplace as it relates to the secondary markets. Um, the discussion around Fannie and Freddie was particularly interesting, especially as you look at some recent comments made by Muchen, uh, Secretary uh, Muchen, uh, about his plans or the administration's plans for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So I got to go on Fox Business. I was interviewed and uh, asked for my comments about that. If you want to go to my Facebook page, I have it posted up there. It's on Twitter. You go to my Twitter account. It's posted up there. You can listen to that interview. Anyway, I was in, had the privilege of being on Fox Business talking about this. Um, the stances with the NBA, stance with myself, and many of the leaders in the industry are saying this. We need to to bring them out of uh, government control and bring them to a place of um, back to what they were quasi-government controlled. And uh, so the real discussion is where are they going? There was some really good discussion around that. Should they be completely privatized, spun off, done away with? No one is suggesting blowing them up and not having Fannie and Freddie. That's suicidal. They're key to our housing finance system. But what's the plans are that are out there, that are really kind of interesting that are developing. I really get behind the MBA's program. It's well thought out and encourage you to go to the MBA website. If you don't have that plan, get a hold of me and I'll forward you the plan that the MBA has released. So anyway, that's what some of the stuff was talked about at the conference. What we have coming up this week, I am speaking. I'm the I'm speaking four times. I told I'm at the Great Rivers Four State MBA Conference in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm the keynote speaker on the opening day, and then I said, "Hey, if you want to use me and speak at a couple other sessions, I'm happy to do so." So they scheduled me for three more sessions. So I'm speaking four times there, and I am really looking forward to it. The topics are good. I'm talking about sales. I'm talking about podcasting. I'm talking about uh, what's going on with the uh, PHH case with. Dodd-Frank, CFPB, been doing a lot of research on that, and uh, very interesting to see where some of this is headed. So if you're in the Memphis area or planning to attend the Great River Conference, be sure to jump into my sessions uh, that I'll be speaking at, and I'll look forward to seeing you there. That's May 9th, starting tomorrow uh, night. I think it's tomorrow night, and then it goes uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the Ohio Mortgage Banking State MBA Conference is coming up. It's the May 19th in Columbus, Ohio as well as Motivity's uh, user conference in Beaver Creek. I'll be at that as well May 19th. Anyway, check out all the upcoming conferences at MBA's website or at Sam Garcia's Mortgage Daily. He's got a complete list. It's, it's really good, very comprehensive. So anyway, good to have you all with us. And without further ado, we need to find out what's going on in the market. So let's turn on Joe Farr's mic. Joe, good to have you with us. Hey, Dave. Yeah, good to be here. Oh, Thank you. Friend. Yeah, good forward it's, to uh, all that we got. Uh, yeah, it's been a fairly quiet morning. Uh, uh, MBS prices are down a little bit. We're down four thirty seconds. Uh, we started the the morning, you know, early on we hit down two and we got to as low as down six. So we're kind of right in the middle of the range so far today. And um, yeah, the the big news was the French election, right? It was. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Macron won, and so we're not seeing a lot of uh, reaction to it. Certainly not the kind of reaction we would have seen if Le Pen had won. So, uh, right. I, I guess for the mortgage market, if Le Pen had won, it probably would have been good. So, um, you know, but as it is, we have uh, uh, expectations for, you know, the uh, less uncertainty and uh, a, a little better feeling toward the. Uh, Elections that will likely come up regarding Germany and Italy, and and the overall strength and stability of the uh, European Union. So, all good things, except if Le Pen had won, rates would have been a little bit lower. Yes, it would have driven things lower. But yeah, he didn't, so, and you can yeah. see it all live on your website. I'm looking at it right now. But the, we've also got some interesting stuff coming up this week. Let's go through that. Yeah, last, so, last week. Let's uh, no, let's do last that, yeah. week. We, we, we need to talk. You let's do, do last week. Gotta stay with our normal order. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Last week first. All right. Uh, yeah, last week we uh, we had a couple pretty major events. Uh, for the week, we mortgage rates rose about five basis points. You know, some of that was as Macron continued to improve in the polls and it looked more and more likely that he would win the election some of that uncertainty that had 
come about because of what Le Pen's policies might have done to the European Union, that uncertainty was reversed and, and people shifted out of the safe assets and, and back into the, the uh, you know, equities, little more risky assets, and that was not good for mortgage rates. Uh, also last week, the Fed meeting occurred and on Wednesday, uh, and it was surprising a little bit that the Fed showed so little regard for the recent weakness in economic data uh, and inflation falling. Uh, they described them as uh, transitory, in, in essence, justifying no change to economic policy. And, and you know, the inflation is a big element of that. It, it fell from 1.8% in February. This is core PCE, 1.8% in February, down to 1.6% in March. And in spite of that, and in spite of the weakness, they gave no change in their guidance on future rate policy. And, you know, as I predicted, they I predicted they would make a change in uh, in policy on balance sheet, and they did not. So I'm yeah, 0 for 1 on your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, one of the so, few moments where you ever get out there and make any kind of prediction. You rarely predict. So anyway, we won't get any more predictions out of you. And, yeah, you know, uh, I understand, though. It's, it's who knows. But that was it. I, I, so, I was with uh, you, though. Yeah. So the other economic data that came out, the jobs report came out, always a big event, but it was very much like uh, what investors expected, uh, 211,000 jobs created, 190,000 expected. Average earnings were right on expectation. The only little bit of a surprise came in the unemployment rate where it fell to 4.4%. Uh, that's the lowest unemployment rate since 2007. So, uh, you yeah, know, it's a, a movement in the right direction. The other data last week was mixed. Uh, ISM manufacturing fell short. ISM services beat expectations. So it's, you know, those were the two major things, and they were kind of a wash as it related to mortgage rates. And then looking at this week, Dave, uh, big data comes out on Friday. Retail sales and CPI both on Friday. Until then, we have uh, before then we have ADP tomorrow. We have PPI on Thursday. Uh, Treasury auctions Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then Fed speakers every day this week. So, uh, you know, so what the are big you events on Friday, but the, things can happen. Yeah, things can happen, and Fed speak is probably the most important part of this. What are you anticipating, or based on the latest things they've been saying? Any? Uh, are we going to have any surprises from the Fed speakers? No, uh, and the the ones who could create the most surprise, Yellen and Fisher, uh, I didn't see on the calendar. They may be, but there, there, okay. there are a couple of Fed speakers every every day this week. And uh, uh, But the two big ones uh, had speeches last week, and, and what they said then wasn't out of sync with what people were thinking, and so it had not uh, did not have a big event, effect on mortgage rates. All right. Um, let's see here. Um, I don't have a question. I thought I had something. I'm looking up at your, at your website and some of the other data uh, here. I guess not. You actually covered it pretty well. So looking at um, your website again, and I just, for our listeners that are not availing themselves of this kind of technology, I, I challenge you to do so, and I encourage you to do so. Um, and, because you, don't you give a free offer to? I mean, for I mean, you'll let them yeah. buy it for a period of time, Jeff. Yeah, a couple of weeks free. Go to mbsquoteline.com, click on Try It Free, and uh, uh, we ask you to provide enough information so that we can produce a, a weekly market summary for you, as well as. Uh, Provide you access to live MBS prices on your desktop and your uh, and your cell phone, and we'll even make uh, a weekly marketing piece for you. It's personalized with a photograph and a logo and contact information. That's a discussion about what happened to mortgage rates during the week. Send yeah, it to realtors and nice others and enjoy receiving. Yeah. That is good stuff. I love it when you produce that. I like the format of it. It's very professional and very effective for getting for loan originators wanting to send something out with uh, branded around them. Okay, so it's Mother's Day and we got to hear a Mother's Day. See, I've asked each of you guys to kind of share right. a mother's a mother story. So tell us a little bit about your mom and uh, let's well, honor her as well as we are going to yeah. be talking to Edie later on with Jason's mom. The big picture is my mom grew up with nothing. She grew up on a small farm in Oklahoma, 
outdoor, no indoor plumbing. Uh, she and my dad raised my brothers and I, sent us all through college. She worked before she raised us, uh, before she had us. Went back to work after she, after we moved on, moved out of the house. Uh, she took care of her mom during her last several years of life. Took care of my dad during his last few years of life. And that experience kind of led her to 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 resolve that she was not going to put her sons through the the, the difficulties that go along with taking care of parents and, and or or spouse and. Um, She's 92 now. She was 88 when she needed to move out of the house. And in looking at her finances, what she had accumulated, living, working the way she did, living frugally the way she did, uh, you know, living, being moved, moving into a very nice place, we were surprised to find that she was not going to be a burden to any of us until she turned 108. So she wow. had really done, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Good. You know, that's amazing to me when you hear how that generation, my mom was 92, and for those that haven't heard the news, my mom passed away this last week while I was at the secondary conference. She was 92 and uh, was uh, a wonderful lady and love her dearly, and, but she was ready to go. Man, she just decided it's over, I'm done, and she stopped eating, stopped taking medication, and she fell asleep, and uh, that's what a way to go. So, But your mom's still going strong. She's still doing fine, yes. I love it. I love those stories. I love those, and financially pulled it together and did it such a way with, you know, starting with nothing and was able to, she's going to support herself to 108. I love it. That's good, yeah. Joe. Very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, I love those stories. We're going to hear more stories as we go through the rest of the segments. We're going to be right back after this brief word. First from MBS Quoteline, and then also we're going to get an update from Les Parker on some of the broader issues in the market. So we'll be right back after this word. Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked the loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quoteline, you'll never be out of touch with the market, whether you're in the office or on the road. See for yourself what MBS Quoteline can do for you. Go to MBSQuoteline.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. MBSQuoteline.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin'. Good to have you with us, everybody. And we are now, as you know, starting a new segment where we have Les Parker of Lone Lodges coming on and giving us an update. Now, we like to include music, but we're working through some issues related to royalty. We don't want to violate any royalty laws, so we're going to have to play some of his commentary without some of the background music. And uh, so, Les Parker, give us an update on how you see the world as it relates to what could be impacting interest rates. Thanks, Dave. This is MarketLogics Live, sponsored by LoanLogics. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You've got to have something if you want to trade the screen. Last week, there was nothing from the Fed, which is now staying the course in the midst of recent net weaker economic data. And that is good. Let's address a misconception about oil prices. Some countries have benefited from oil's low price environment because they are net importers of oil. Most countries do not get big benefits or have large costs because the risk and reward is balanced. For most companies and countries around the globe, oil is not as critical in manufacturing and transportation as it once was. Oil is more a harbinger of economic activity than inflation. These views are my own. Go to LoanLogics.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Yeah, good stuff, too. Great newsletter. encourage you to check it out. So, anyway, let's get over to Alice Alvey. Alice, happy Mother's Day. You're a mom, and uh, I love your mom story. So, instead of doing it at the end, let's start off with a good mom story. Uh, yours, you told me in advance, and I want to have you share that with our listeners. She's got uh, you, quite a quite a 
a beginning and where she came from and what she accomplished. So tell us about your mom. Yes. Uh, well, I am very, very blessed to have a wonderful, wonderful mother who is still with us. She is 82, but she was born in Chile. Uh, she is English, and she was born there while World War II was going on, and England, of course, was getting uh, bombed quite heavily. So when she was 10, uh, the war was over, and she was able to move back to England and then came over to the U.S. when she was 19, uh, took the boat over, uh, the ship over from England to the U.S., came through Ellis Island. Her signature is there. Wow. You know, we were able to see that with my grandmother and my uncle and she who came over. And uh, her first place to stay was in Chicago with my aunt. She met my dad, and then I came around. And then, you know, then, then you came around. And, yeah. I <laughs> love it kids and all that wonderful life and she's just been wonderful but uh, where today she is full-time busy she works with the local village uh, uh, village players is what it's called it's a uh, play group she makes their costumes she volunteers at the local hospital a couple days a week um, visiting patients and doing administrative work she is an apple and an ibm user and is a whiz on a smartphone <laughs> are you serious are you kidding 82 yeah. goes i love it i love it yeah, she is a gm retiree so you know i'm still a believer in that plan that it helps people live along and helps a healthy life uh you know for uh some financial security there and uh she is the ultimate example of how forgiveness is the core of a happy life. And uh-huh. she is just this always positive, wonderful person. So that's my, my quick mom story. I could keep talking forever on how wonderful she well, is. And, and I think she is, isn't she a concert pianist too? Is, in a top? She is a fabulous Beethoven Mozart pianist. Absolutely. We grew up with that. We can all hum Mozart and Beethoven. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, someone said that if you played Mozart to your kids, you're going to have smarter kids. So that explains part of why you're so smart. Oh, so okay. Mozart. Yeah, we, we used to play Mozart to our kids. They're definitely smarter than their dad. So anyway, so it's good to have that. Let's get an update on what's going on legislatively. But thanks for telling us about your mom. Thank or you. Or as they well, say in England, your mom. The mom, my mom, yeah. Mom, um, me mom. <laughs> yes. So the um, the I think a couple of big news points I want to make sure everyone's aware of. So the CFPB provisory highlights uh, for spring of 2017. It's a regular publication, and they thrown out some things uh, related to QM qualifications. Most of the document is servicing related, but there was some in there on the origination side. And so it, it really kind of hints to where some players are going in the industry, and they're trying to uh, put up some boundaries. So we don't step back into stated income loans or stated assets. So they're stressing that lenders do need to consider borrowers' assets. Um, you know, that's absolutely a key component because very often it's the DTI that's getting them in trouble as to getting the borrower in trouble as to why they may not qualify for a Fannie Freddie loan. But if they're using all their money, say they've got $100,000 in the bank and they're going to put all that as a down payment, you can't use that also as a compensating factor for assets for qualifying. Now, it seems pretty basic, but apparently some lenders are looking, trying to use that as, well, they were able to save or have this kind of money. Well, well they're not going to have it left over after you close. So that, that's not a compensating factor just using typical underwriting. Um, Lenders have also started to try and use, you know, income, uh, I'm sorry, internet sources. You know, you look up on monster.com or whichever, you know, uh, job search sites, and they'll tell you, well, if you're an administrative assistant for this type of work or you do this, here's about a pay range. That doesn't count as validation of income. That was okay for some companies in the stated income days, but that doesn't work today. When, When you're working with QM, you need true verification of income. So, and, and then the last thing was still about um, let, using this residual income factor. That still works. You can you can go through this calculation to say, well, here's the income my borrower needs, and here are the assets that they have. But they have to be verified assets left after closing. So it was interesting how in the QM non-QM world, there seems to be some gray areas that lenders are trying to step into, and CFPB is putting up the roadblocks, which all of us who were through their no income, no asset verification days can go, okay, I get it. I understand why. (laughs) So um, that's one key thing in those uh, spring highlights to make sure that you're paying attention to. Um, On May 1st, the Supreme Court, yeah, on May 1st, the Supreme Court ruled 
um, that cities can sue banks for discriminatory mortgage lending practice with caution on the burden of proof, but this was a case for the city of Miami that claimed that several banks intentionally targeted um, predatory practices at African-American Latinos. So I think this is something that um, if the Supreme Court says there could be harm to the community as a lender, you're now having, you now have another layer of area that you have to be cautious of as you think about your impact to the community and fair lending, not that it could go way beyond what your auditor thinks. Um, it could go into what the city that you operate in uh, thinks. So uh, that's a heads up there. Uh, another thing is we do have H.R. 10. It's the Financial Choice Act of 2017. We're calling it the Revised Financial Choice Act because <laughs> we've used the term financial choice now for a couple of years as there have been these attempts to get rid of Dodd-Frank. So this bill is essentially at its core aims to replace Dodd-Frank, but it goes about it, you know, obviously with various titles. It's very long. Um, it, what happened was on May 4th it did pass committee, so it's moved past that early stage. Now is when we'll really potentially start looking at what are the detail components and having a, a show on it as um, we'll focus on the details as it starts to get close to actually being something that might have a vote. Um, right now in it is repeal the Volcker rule, uh, rearrange the CFPB, get rid of the, its current structure, um, FOMC reform, SEC reform, you know, uh, full changes to Basel III. I mean, just uh, uh, there's so much on the table for this bill that once it gets a little further and we're sure what some of the final wording might look like, then we'll uh, talk more to get folks uh, geared up to start paying attention to it and take our positions, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> then we have a whole list of other bills that we're watching for you, but nothing has moved. Um, but don't forget that we do have ECOA amendments um, to monitor. Those comments are actually, I'm sorry, that those comments are passed. That was due May 4th. Um, but May 19th, we have um, comments due to the CFPB. They're seeking information on the use of alternative data and modeling techniques in the credit process. Uh, checking my notes, I think we've picked up. Oh, wait, one more thing, H.R. 2133. This is a mortgage lending bill that was just introduced. I think the key to this is, uh, I'm sorry, this is the one that had the would repeal Basel III. It has a clear act. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I included that in my report on the uh, on H.R. 10. That's actually in H.R. 2133. And this has actually also got a component in it to amend the Fair Housing Act and require that intent to, com to discriminate. Not merely the existence of discrimination must be proven. I think lenders would really like to get some wording along this line. There are times where you can have some incidents happen in your shop that truly are isolated, um, but because of the wording in the Fair Housing Act today, uh, that can stretch into something bigger than really was ever intended. Um, so I think lenders should really take a look at this bill and see if it can't help in fair lending analysis. And then of course, also within this bill is trying to get that QM status co it works for loans held in portfolio. This is a big thing. The community banks and portfolio lenders want, they want to be able to say, my portfolio is my business. And if it's performing well, then I'm being analyzed well enough against that not to have this extra layer of being considered non-QM loans as well. Not sure how far that will go. It was only just introduced in committee, so we will keep watching it. Uh, so a couple of big yeah. banking and mortgage lending bills, and we'll keep you all posted. So um, give us your thoughts uh, about Dodd-Frank and mm -hmm. CFPB. I mean, from your perspective, how should people be preparing in the event that we do see Dodd-Frank amended, changed, um, you know, there's all the different adjectives you could just say to, that are adverbs you could say that are adjectives or adverbs. Anyway, the changes that are anticipated becoming from Dodd-Frank, how should, what would your advice be to them as they look at this? Just, you know, several people ask me, what's Alice think about this? I'm always like that. Get your thoughts. How would you, well, how are you advising um, your clients? That's a great question. So there's two different groups, right? There's those who will be impacted by changes related to the local rule. You know, the, the banks and the big banks um, have a much different position on this. They certainly would love more freedom to be able to, especially the large banks, to have their um, investment 
portfolios stretched back out again to the way that they used to be. So I'm going to reserve my comments on that because um, in right. some cases that the Volcker rule has, you know, helped um, stem some of the problems of the past, but that's a different layer of expertise. My, my focus, I think, is in Section 7 of this bill is really where they talk about repealing the CFPB or restructuring right. the CFPB. That's the area I think lenders want to pay attention to. We are just getting to know where this regulator is at um, and what they're doing. Um, certainly lenders have some very challenging stories where they're, they want more structure. So I am a believer in trying to get some more accountability to the CFPB, trying to lighten up some of the regulations. But I would say to try and change anything on the LE and CD, for example, or make any changes in the forms, we've already got this down. That could cause more upheaval than it's worth. I'm really a fan of, can we just go originate now? That's good. And focus on new and innovative technology instead of trying to cope with uh, any changes in the regulation that cause massive software changes. So um, as a side note, we are trying to watch for some changes in HMDA. Uh, the ABA, I, I should mention, did send a letter into um, to the CFPB to try and get the HMDA rule repealed. It is, it is that one last component. It's a big software change, and they do have some very legitimate concerns about CFPB's ability to keep that information secure. You know, so changing the structure of the CFPB and getting more accountability behind it. I am in favor of that, and we'll have to see what happens in the final wording of that. Um, so we'll dissect that some more on a future show, and I'll give you yeah, some more of my opinions as we get some more uh, some wording more firm. Did I get that right? Let's get more facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happy Monday. <laughs> yeah, happy Monday. Um, I don't know why I'm struggling with some of the words I'm saying today, but thank you so much. I love your mom report. And uh, that's a really good, really good. I'll, no wonder you um, you are such a tight family. It's one of the things I always love about when we talk and get together, you and your husband. And, and it's so evident you come from such a solid family. And I, I love that. Celebrate that. So moms are so important and the glue to the family. So thank you, Alice. Thank you. They are. All right. Folks, we're going to be right back after this brief break. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. Yeah, Scott, they will definitely help you give you the edge. And then also what will help you is knowing what's going on in your business. And we have John Maynil with us. Our, it's actually pre-recorded, so, yeah, but he's the VP of Client Services there at Motivity. So we have a pre-recorded comment from our good buddy John Maynil from Motivity Solutions on the KPI of the week. So, John, take it away. Hello, Dave. Thanks very much. Great to be here as always. And this week we have another key performance indicator related to TRID. And the KPI is underwriting to closing days. And like all TRID metrics, the focus is the estimated closing date and how far in advance a file should be submitted to underwriting to make provisions for any and all underwriting eventualities, possibly multiple resubmissions, and leaving enough time after final approval to finish the loan and deliver the closing disclosure on time. A very common practice for lenders that have automated their analytics with mortgage business intelligence like Movation is to have the system automatically send email alerts to participants on those loans that are running late and at risk of missing these milestone deadlines. Now, this allows loan participants to continually reprioritize their workflow to ensure they remain compliant, clearly demonstrating again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you once again and turn it back to you. So true. What gets measured gets results. Anyway, good to have you all with us again. We have Sam Garcia dialed in with us. And so, Sam, good to have you here. I didn't get a chance to call you in advance, but uh, we all have a mom, so tell us your favorite mom story. <laughs> oh, you, you had me thinking about that. But uh, first off, I'm very sorry to hear about your mother. And uh, sounds like she did a good job right. with you. But She did all right. She drove on us, that's for sure. 
Well, my mom grew up in Southern California where she met my dad and where they raised us. Um, she was very young when she married, and my dad had and, – and I have an older brother. So uh, what was funny is that my brother, who looked much older than he was, would be mistaken for my mom's boyfriend when they'd go places together. <laughs> she's, oh, she's yeah. pretty young. And, and of course, we'd go she's to the pretty beach. Pretty young. And, oh, good. Like we get, you know, I spent a lot of time at the beach. My mom was kind enough to drive me and my friends to uh, with our surfboards uh, to go daily surfing, as did their uh, mothers. But uh, people would be whistling at her as they go. Be, she'd be driving us along. So oh, it was an interesting California situation. <laughs> and um, you know, because my parents were so young when they got married, they decided to have another child 20 years after I was born. So I have this younger oh, wow. sister. You know, there's three of us who were raised by these really young uh, parents who did, you know, a great job. And then there's the one who was raised by a much more mature set of parents. And you could just see a difference in her. You know, she's really easygoing and uh, really got her stuff together. It's uh, interesting. But my mom's just 72 right now. So, um, so I see, I still, she's young. Yeah. 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 She's young. So. She's not that much older than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm chasing her pretty quickly. She's 66. So she's, that's good. Well, I love it. Let's cover through some of the headlines that you have up in your website, some good stuff. And then I'm looking forward to getting uh, over to our interview with Jason and his mom, Edie. So let's talk about some of the headlines about you could, my friend. Yeah, and the Bureau of Labor Statistics report that you and Joe discussed, non-bank mortgage jobs expanded in March by 1,700. Um, that increase came despite uh, jobs that are classified as real estate credit taking a de- decline, and the result is, or the reason was because mortgage broker jobs saw an increase. So mortgage mortgage brokers drove an increase in mortgage employment, uh, and it's kind of interesting because jobs had been down for a couple months in a row. Um, and while that BLS data reflects non-bank mortgage jobs, uh, a mortgage daily analysis of those numbers indicates that including jobs at financial institutions, there are a total of around 740,000 people working in the mortgage business. Um, that includes an estimated 338,000 uh, at banks, uh, more than 68,000 at credit unions, and the 333,000 reported by the BLS. Um, we covered a report from Social Survey that ranked the best originators based on reviews from, they say, more than 50,000 customers. So that story got a lot of traction. And what I found interesting is that among the 10 best originators uh, ranked there, uh, a common theme um, in their comments was about uh, customer trust, things like calling back when they promise, managing client expectations, and you know, no over-promising. But all of them seem to say that they do well because they earn their customers' trust and you know, do what they say they're going to do. Um, the Mortgage Bankers Association reported that its mortgage credit availability index dipped in April. Um, that's an indication that credit conditions got a little tighter. Um, it was the first time in seven months that that ind- index was down, and to put things in perspective, the index still stands at its second highest level since roughly mid-2008. So credit conditions you know, continue really still to be relatively loose compared to any time since then. Um, there were 64,323 consumer bankruptcies in April. That was down 17% from the prior months. Um, but filings in that prior month were the highest they had been in 24 months. So we'll see if that trend continues. Um, a big announcement last week was uh, NationStar. They confirmed rumors uh, that we've heard over the past year that they were going to uh, go ahead and rebrand as Mr. Cooper. So that move is expo- expected to be uh, completed by August. And a statement from the company said Mr. Cooper is, quote, the embodiment of the kind of person who always goes the extra mile for a customer. Uh, NationStar said that change uh, followed an overhaul of its uh, cor- corporate culture. Um, over at hmm. PennyMac, first, yeah, first quarter originations at PennyMac tumbled 32%, which is par for the course this quarter. Um, and the drop in production drove earnings down to $62 million from $129 million. Uh, we, we report pre-tax there. Uh, finally, um, the NCUA re- recovery uh, reported that it, it's 
surpassed five billion in recoveries from RMBS loans that it has filed lawsuits on over the past few years. Um, those, are, if you remember, were result, the result of the corporate credit unions failing that it invested in those RMBS. Um, one of the and one of the settlements last week was for uh, 445 million dollars with UBS, and the other one was 400 million with Credit Suisse. And um, let's see, the Credit Swiss number pushes the total to 5.1 billion. So that's how much NCAs, NCUA has uh, recovered uh, on behalf of the corporate credit unions. Uh, and those are some of our biggest headlines. I know you want to move on to this interview, so thank you for letting me present these. Yeah, oh, it's always good to have you on. So good stuff. And folks, if you have not checked out the Mortgage Daily website, do so mortgagedaily.com. And uh, you can always speak with Sam at 214-521-1300 or email him, samgarcia at mortgagedaily.com. Folks, we're going to be right back after a couple weird words from our sponsor with Jason and his mom, Edie. I'm so looking forward to this interview, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. And we're going to start off with a word from ArchMI and uh, Shawnee Hodadale. Thanks, David. Glad to be a sponsor. Spring home buying's underway. The supply is tight and interest rates are rising. Are lenders ready to compete for purchase business, or will they get left behind? Archimai Rate Star is the best way to stay aggressive and stay ahead of the herd. Use our risk-based pricing program to assess individual loan risk more precisely. With Rate Star, lenders lead their market the way Archimai leads the MI industry. Lead with us. Simplify has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to Simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. Well, it's good to have you with us, everybody. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this hot topic segment. We've got Jason, and I want to say I'm not doing this quite right, Jason. You're going to help help me with this, but it's a Mathiro. Is that Mathiro? How does he say it in Spanish real perfectly? Madio. Madio. Well, I'll get it down. Madio. There you are. I had it. See, I always throw a little S in there. But anyway, you've got your mom joining us. Edie is with us on the phone. So I just want to welcome you both to the Lickin' on Lending Show. And um, Edie, I want to say a special thank you for taking time out of your day out there in California early and uh, joining us. Good to have you. Thank you. I'm happy yeah. to be here. With I'm you. so happy. So happy, and Jason and I had to talk her into being here a little bit. She's a little on the bachelor side, but and uh, but she, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this because when you hear Jason talk about his mom, and this came up at a couple of conferences ago when we were together and t- sitting around, and one of the questions I like asking business leaders like Jason is, who's been the biggest influence in your life? And he said, my mom. And when I heard that, and the way he said mom. There was so much love, respect, and also probably some good history of where he got uh, disciplined and directed as he needed to be. So I'm really looking forward to this interview. I want to start off by telling the mom's story, part of the story. And, uh, Jason, you could start off. Um, uh, if you could you know, tell us where you and your mom are from originally and what you're doing now so our, our audience becomes familiar with who you both are. And then, Edie, if you want to add to that, would be great. Yeah, great. Thanks, David. Um, so, by the way, my mom made me listen to uh, Mozart, Beethoven, and Baroque when I was a kid. I didn't realize you uh, he was helping me get, get, a, little, get a little smarter. Um, and, and by the way, I, you know, I think I have the youngest mom on the panel here. My mom is 70 years young as of December, and so uh, and still and still working. So my mom is a, a loan officer at Altera Home Loans with us. And, uh, yeah. So By the way, I mean, I forgot to better. mention that you're you are president of Altier Home Loans. It's based in Las Vegas. You're the largest 100% Hispanic-owned mortgage company in the U.S. and uh, is voted by the uh, Mortgage Tech Magazine as one of the top top tech-savvy companies in the country. And uh, you're also the fastest-growing in Hispanic, uh, the fastest-growing mortgage company, I believe, in the Hispanic Business Magazine. So I've known you, Jason, and I love your passion and compassion to help this industry. You're a big giver, and I'm wondering if that didn't come from mom. 
Uh, 100%. Uh, that, that came uh, 100% from mom. So my little mom story is, as a kid, I, I call myself a second-generation mortgage professional because my mom started in uh, 1981 in this business. I was six years old. And my uh, uh, experience in mortgage at that age was my mom going, leaving the house, I don't know at what time um, in the morning. It might have been 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, running to the office, wow. picking me up at 7.30, taking me to school. Uh, then my aunt would pick me up. I'd go to my aunt's house, and my mom would pick me up somewhere mm-hmm. around 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night. This is her in the mortgage business becoming a, a you know successful salesperson. We'd do that five days a week, and then on weekends uh, we were at the office um, because she was still working, and I was the, the kid running around the uh, the, the mortgage office uh, trying to put loan applications together for people and charging them 10 cents for it. Oh, that's, wow. That's, that's so you my... worked, you got an early, early start. That's great. So Edie, how was it like, you know, Edie, you, 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 he's the playing Mozart obviously works. So Jason's crazy smart and he's very successful. So uh, tell us some early stories about Jason. I mean, what <laughs> did you, because uh, I, I know part of the story, so I'm chuckling. So give us some of those stories that have made me laugh over the 10 years. Yes, he was um, 10 years, I mean, very young age when I used to take him on Saturdays to my office to help me. And I was teaching him how to, Jason, come on, how to put an application together. This, this, and then wow. show him what is part of the application. And he followed what I say. And then at um, 12 years old, 11, it was 11, when I took him, I, I took him to a seminar uh, that it, it was called quantum systems, and so to quantum systems grow up to develop it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a great seminar. And then at his age of fourteen years old, I took Jason to um, his first sales seminar with Jim Rom. Wow, that's an old name I haven't heard in a <laughs> long time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Ten years um, old, you started, but but then to continue the story, because there came a point where uh, you had to kind of be a little tough love with Jason. Tell us about that. Well, when he became a loan officer, he became a loan officer, uh, or uh, official loan officer when he uh, turned eighteen, and he worked at the bank when I was working Great Western Bank. Okay. And I was a little tough, mother. <laughs> I was. Oh. I wanted I can to, take this to be one. professional, you know. So, mom, I can take this one. She's being, and, she's being a little shy. <laughs> yeah, tell us, yeah, tell us, tell us about. It. Go well, ahead. The, 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 the two, the two experiences. Well, you know. <laughs> the two experiences, which, um, um, you know, mom, I had, I forgot about. Uh, quantum, and I forgot about Jim Rohn's and the the path that you put me on. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I couldn't follow. Yeah, put... the path you put me on to uh, to you know become great at uh, both sales and the mortgage business. But uh, maybe everybody's hearing that I I was uh, I was I've been in the mortgage business since what seven or eight years old. So <laughs> I became a loan officer, and I remember my mom going out and saying, you know, I'm here. She's very very focused on what she was here to do in her profession, and that was to help build wealth through home ownership and, and focus on Hispanic families in the market that she served. So one of my requirements in, at work was if I got a refinance lead, I had to give it to another loan officer because that was not building wealth through home ownership. Um, so wow. I had to work. To, to, uh, just Way to go, Edie! I like that. I... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but a couple years later, I did get uh, lazy. It happens to us in sales. I wasn't coming yes. in. You know, her work ethic is so strong. I wasn't coming in early. I was uh, leaving a little, little early. You know, not, not spending the entire forty to sixty hours that I should be working. And so mm-hmm. I remember her calling me into her, her office at one point and saying, you know. Um, my job here is to grow, and you're not contributing. I, w- I happen to be one of the top producers in, in the office at the time. You're, you're not contributing to the growth, so I think you're fired. And um, 
It's time for you to go. Wow. And I told, mom, I said, that's I'm tough love, Edie. <laughs> she, I said, Mom, I'm one of the top producers in the office. And she says, I don't need your production. I need leadership. I have production. I can ah. go get it. So, you know, I was very that's a little tough love. love. <laughs> but you know what? I like that, Edie, because here's the deal. Jason has Rosen to be one of the leaders in the industry. And I'm going to tell some Jason stories on him here myself a little bit because that, and I applaud that, because I think one thing is to be, how we define success. And we define success oftentimes within the ranks of the loan originators as if you're producing the greatest number of loans. But the better definition is leadership. Edie, kudos to you. Awesome. Otherwise, you know what? We may not have had ulterior home loans, and we may not have the leadership that Jason is providing. And I want to talk about it. Edie, what, what was it about – is that just something that was in you? Is it a – I mean, uh, Hispanic community is such a hardworking community. And is it just you? Is it your Hispanic uh, uh, culture that contributed to that? What your thoughts? Well, my children, I immigrated to the uh, to, um, U.S. in 1971 from Colombia, and I had my two boys, Jason and Jonathan, and um, I, my ambition is to educate my kids and to give a good life. And yeah, so good. Uh, that, my children gave me so much uh energy and feel uh, so strength to, I have to get a success. I have to give them um, a good life. And that my, my, I'm very proud of my kids because they really, um, I'm sorry, I'm very nervous. No, (laughs) that's all right. You're doing great. Uh, And uh, so I will do anything for my kids. Well, I think a lot of moms do, but I think think a lot of moms want to do anything, everything there's the kids, but I think what you did was go that extra mile and and say, you know, I don't just need production, I need a leader. Jason, talk about, was that a pivoting point for you, Jason? Yeah, uh, definitely. It, it, um, It really changed my perspective of, of who I needed to be. Um, to uh, understand uh, extendability uh, of, of, of someone. And, um, and that tough love taught me that I needed to become an absolute student of this industry and get better than just um, than what I was. But, but I have, I have this, there's, a, there's a story of what my mom just said about providing a good life for a kid that she probably doesn't remember. Yeah. That was another great, great sure. lesson. So, so I'm 16 years old. And I walk in the house. She, my mom at that time had become a very successful top producer at a big, large bank. And she was, I think, I, I think her top year was uh, 477 closings for the year. She was somewhere around wow. 450 to 470 closings per year. Way to go, Edie. And yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. she's, she's, she's a rock star. And um, so I, I come into the house. I'm 16 years old. And I... I'm, I'm angry at my mom. I'm angry because she had this uh, Mercedes she had bought uh, four or five years prior, and it was E-Class, and all the loan officers in her group were buying brand-new cars. And I remember that one of them was an S I'm – I'm not going to forget these cars. It was an S500 and a Jaguar Vanderplas um, emerald green. And I, I went to my mom, and I said, Mom, why is it that you're the number one loan officer in this company and you have an older car than they do and they, they are brand new cars and they so-and-so just bought this new house. Why, why isn't that you're doing that? And she, um, like my mom usually would do is stare at me for a second. <laughs> I guess decided that exactly she was going to tell me. And she said, come over here, um, sit down. And I sat down at the breakfast table, and she went through some papers that she had, you know, filed away. She brought it out. She brought out her W-2. And she said, you see this W-2? I make more money than all the loan officers in this big company. There was 4,000 loan officers at the time in the company. Wow. But my job here is to take care of you boys. And I am in a cyclical and in a seasonal business. This business goes up, and it goes down. (laughs) 
you you see those shoes you have? I had I think I had Nikes or something at the time. You see those shoes you have on your feet? I'm always going to be able to provide you those shoes. You see this house? It's a nice house. I'm always going to be able to provide you boys a nice house and be in this business and generate good income for our family. So don't ever ask me again to buy the new car or get a bigger house. That was the end of that. But, you know, Edie, I applaud that because somehow, somewhere along the way, hard work, determination, discipline, and just you got some good financial sense. I want to fast forward. We could stay on some of these stories. There's so many rich ones. And if you guys, our listeners, ever get a chance to have a drink with Jason at any one of these conferences, he will tell you story after story. And I've laughed so hard because he has a way of telling them that just makes you just crack up. And I'm, But yet they're heartwarming. So they're so good. Jason, let's fast forward to Ulterior Home Loans. You started the company uh, how many years ago? So 2007, uh, April, two, April 9, 2007, we just hit our 10-year anniversary at Ulterior. Um, uh, but, uh, so April 7, 2007. April okay. 2007 so. All right. And so you are 100% Hispanic-owned, and your market is Hispanic community. So let's talk a little bit about that market and what are the unique ways in which you're serving that market and uh, some lessons that we can all learn from that? So, yeah, um, it is our market. That's what we serve. That's who we serve. And that's what we strategically focus on. Uh, 80% of the loans done at Altera um, are to a minority consumer. Most of those Hispanic families. Um, I think the unique ways that we serve that segment is number one, um, the desire and passion to serve that segment starts from the top and uh, is spread across our, our entire company. We, um, we also represent the demographic in a larger way than most companies do. Um, and I think that that kind of moves from the front end sales of representation of the market and the desire and passion to want to serve the market to operationally understanding that, um, that we have to serve from a loan structure and closing perspective, that's, that most likely will be a first-time home buyer and will be a, a minority consumer. And that, that comes with a lot of different credit profiles, different employment uh, structures, and being able to understand and have some – I don't want to call it compassion. I want to say just um, overall um, desire to want to serve that particular mortgage and focusing on that. So, uh, you know, across the entire um, spectrum, end-to-end, from, from the point of sale at origination to if, if a closer needs to – if at a closing, a consumer wants to talk to a closer in Spanish or needs to have a conversation or, or that person needs to jump on the phone, um, we can serve that all the way across the, the, the life cycle of a loan. And so I think those are the two, two components, right, the, the front end and being able to manufacture – the loan, especially when it looks a little different. Edie, you're still in the mortgage business, still originating loans. I love it. Um, I do. I'm, I, and so let's talk about the what you're finding to serve the market that you're serving. What are some of the unique ways that you found to work with the Hispanic community that you would say you'd, you'd encourage others to consider doing that might be different than other communities? Um. Hard work. Yeah. I hear hard work coming out because you work obviously work very hard for your people. But is there? I mean, some people don't enter the Hispanic community, Edie, because they're not Hispanic, and they go, I, 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 I don't think I can serve that market. But we want that market. We want all markets served, and that's what I'm looking for. Is what are the few keys that you would suggest someone to serve the Hispanic market well? What would be the keys that you would suggest? Then, Jason, you could add to that. Well, you know, um, you said something. Go ahead, Mom. You go first. Go ahead. Go ahead, Keith. Go ahead, Keith. Oh, well, you said something right now that you know. I I don't know exactly what you said, David, but it was about being Hispanic or serving the Hispanic and not not having to, that. I think being Hispanic to serve the Hispanic market um, is is far from the reality. I mean, obviously, if you live in the culture and understand the culture in any uh, demographic, for that matter, right. you're going to have a tighter connection. But it's not a requirement. You, I, you know, ultimately. That's you just what have I to wanted want to bring out. To that's, serve that's the, that community. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing I wanted to bring out, Jason, was that very thing. Because I think a lot of people think that because they don't, they're not a part of a particular, you know, 
community that they can't serve them or they're handicapped. But it, it really comes down to the service and hard work in understanding that culture that and no matter what culture it is. I love that. Yeah. Right. And I, I think your, your company has to want to serve that demographic across the different spectrums of the demographic. So you have, you have first generation, you have bi-generation, oh, like myself, and then you have like my kids who are becoming much more assimilated um, it is still, they're still into their culture, but you know, it's now third generation and, and in all, I think all, all right. races and, and ethnicities go through that process. And so you, you have to want to be in the community, serving the community, um, in, in embedded, if you will, whether your offices are embedded, your people are, 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 uh, focused, whether it's, uh, community type services, um, employers, et cetera, you know, being in the community and that, that there's no, there's no color. Um, required in that. You just yeah. have to want to do it. Well, I, I, one of the things I want to highlight a story, I can't believe how fast the time goes when we start doing these interviews, and we can go a little bit over it, but uh, here's one of the stories that I want to share with you that I think you do such a fabulous job of, uh, and, I, and I think this is exemplary, and it's, Edie, it's, you've raised up a leader. I love the fact you said you're a good producer, you're a top producer. I, don't, I can get that from others. I need a leader. And so here's what Jason has done. Jason and I are both part of Altera, Altera Homes is a part of the collaborative, as I'm a part of the Mortgage Collaborative, a sponsor of the radio program, someone we're very close to. But Jason, on his own, put together something called Collabs. In other words, Collaborative, the laboratories. And what he did is he invited how many other business owners to your office? I mean, to your facility. Uh, was it three or four other present CEOs? So had- if I'm not <coughs> Yeah, we had four uh, four companies here. Um, you know, great, became become great friends, and we're actually doing two more labs: one this month in New York, um, and another one in Nashville, um, and in June, no, in July. So pretty excited about so, the collab collab yes, labs. Collab Labs, that's what it is, Collab Labs. So tell us about those because what that is, I want to do this and see this fostered across the whole industry. And what you saw, and you, you, you came up with the idea, and you literally cooked meals for them. You did everything. You hosted the whole thing. Talk a little bit about that because that's the kind of leadership that I want to see fostered within our community, within the mortgage community. Well, so first, uh, um, the idea was really fostered through the leadership at TMC, you know, Gary and John and David and Jim and, and Rich and, and others uh, as well on the board, Sue and a few others, Jamie. And, um, and so I think I just got excited about it and wanted to you know, push, push forward. But um, so we, we get a lot of data and we're at Altera and myself, we're, we're data freaks and we get a lot of data and we love everything that we participate in Stratmore and, and a few other data um, uh, you know, aggregators and um, uh, but there was something missing uh, for me, and that was being able to collaborate and being able to just have a conversation with other folks that are experiencing, whether it's market-driven or strategically driven um, or business model, and, and be able to just sit down and talk. And, and maybe that's the, the, the Latino side of us is being able to cook for people and break bread and, and, uh, and, and have yeah. those moments where uh, they become much more special. But the Collab Labs uh, take – um, members of TMC that are lender members, we get in a room and we look at everything from uh, uh, you know, cash management to uh, uh, model metrics, um, success metrics. We also, we also go to a host market and a host company, which I was the first one, and we walk through the entire facility and walk through the model and how things work. Uh, at that company. And so, you know, it's a bit of getting undressed um, and, and it's uncomfortable at first, but I think what we walk away from is becoming better leaders. And, I'm, and, and that's just me following what my mom told me to do years ago is uh, be a better leader. Be a leader. Yeah, I love that. Well, Edie, you've done a great job raising a leader in this industry. I'm just honored to get to know your son, and I can't wait to meet you. And you're young. I'm 66 years old, so you're just a few years ahead of me. So it's, let me tell you, that that is uh, – you're not – you've got a long more. So I'm, I'm wanna, I can't wait to meet you one of these times when I'm out there in Southern California. And uh, you do a great job. I want to say thank you to you both. As we wrap up this interview – Edie, what would you say 
to young parents out there, what is the most important thing that they keep in mind as they're raising future leaders? Uh, well, um, put their heart into into and to make that children or that boy into a great man. Um, be That's ambitious good. on be ambitious to grow that good citizen. Um, yeah. Uh, put your, <laughs> I yeah. oh my god. I had no words. No, that's a good. I only had yeah. I only had to say David that I'm very, very proud of my son. You should Jason, be I loved you with all my heart and I want parents to put their heart into their kids and make them a success and great yes. people for this country. Well you've done it. You succeeded in that. Jason, uh that's probably about the best place to end it on, but I'll give you one last word if you can find one. <clears throat> well that's a tough one. Um yeah. trying not to let the waterworks go. But uh yeah. no, I think it's um you know we're in a very, very great industry. Um we we do we have an industry that we can do very well by doing good. And I think my mom's taught me that. And um, there's a, you know, great, great future and uh, for us in this industry and, and be able to help and build wealth through homeownership for, for families um, all across America. But for us, our strategy and our focus is to help those that are underserved. And so uh, my mom's taught me that she's made, made sure that I uh, am focused on that. And that's what we're committed to. So that's all. And I'll end it. Thank you so much, Jason and Edie. It's so good to have you be here with us. Our guests have been Jason and Edie. Uh, Madriado from, I almost said that right, Altera Home Loans, located in Las Vegas. And it's good to have you there. I encourage you to get to know the company. Uh, He just hired 50 new employees today, added them to the uh, company. So he's growing. And if you haven't heard of them, you need to pay attention. They're going to be one of the – they are already a leader in their markets, and you're going to hear more about them as they continue to grow. Folks, I just thank you all so much for being a part of the podcast, telling others about the podcast. Again, thank you to Edie and Jason for joining us. Also, thank you to Alice and Joe. Always appreciate all of you making such a powerful contribution to this show. Next week's show is we're going to have on here, we're going to be talking, Jeff Sellers is going to be on here talking about emergency management solutions. What? It's kind of crazy, but, you know, with this world as it is, we need to have some emergency management solutions in place. So we're going to be uh, having uh, our good friend, Jeff Sellers, on, and he's going to be talking about some of that, something we should be considering in our workplace, especially as we grow in this ever complex complicated world. Appreciate you being here with us, everybody. Have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week. This has been Lickin on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week and thank you for listening.